Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin with our wonderful interview today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So if you're able to sit comfortably in a chair or sit Indian style on the floor, and if not, just use this as a deep breathing exercise, a way to get really present in your breath and in your body. All right, let's begin. So go ahead and sit down and place your palms open on your lap and just begin to close your eyes and breathe with me. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath on the exhale. Go ahead and relax, release, and let go. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and toes. On the exhale, go ahead and release and relax some more. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. On the exhale, release and let go of what doesn't serve you. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. On the exhale, relax and settle in some more. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes, through your mind, in your core. On the exhale, relax, release, and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you tune into that one thing you feel grateful for, breathe in that golden gratitude through your heart, in your mind, through your entire being. Exhale, relax, release, let go. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, relax, release, and let go. And breathing in golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in that golden gratitude again to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. All right, so we have a very special interview today as part of our Reinvent Your Life series. So many of us are in reinvention on one level or another this past year. And I know we can all relate to that, whether you're reinventing your work life or Now you find yourself in the position of needing to get a new job or you're in the process of reinventing your health. We're reinventing all sorts of things all the time, but especially now. So I'm really excited to invite Julie Bach on as our guest today. She is a graduate of Purdue University. Julie is the chief career advisor of the Bach Group, a strategic career advisory firm 
focused on working with professionals who want more out of their career. She's a dynamic and highly interactive speaker, trainer, and coach with a passion for educating and inspiring individuals to take charge of their career. She's also um, a jobs expert on Cincinnati's Fox 19 TV and 700 WLW Radio, one of the largest radio stations in the Midwest. And she is author of the book, Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoiding the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. Oh, Julie, I'm so excited to have you up on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being our special guest speaker. Well, I'm excited to share um, just some, some career insights. I know we all are stuck in that, you know, do I like my job? Do I not? What else could I be doing? And then my favorite, I still don't want to be, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And so I'm looking forward to talking today about how you can actually figure that out, you know, now that you actually are a grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. One of the things that Richard used to say that I used to love is he used to say, Yikes, grown-ups. Let's never grow up. Let's never be a grown-up. <laughs> and that is overrated, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That meant just let's never lose that playful energy. But you know, I, I was really wanting to um, dive into the process of especially what does somebody do when they're um, reinventing themselves? Let's say um, this person is in their um, early 50s, for example. Um, and they, you know, suddenly they realize, wow, they're, they're just not in a career they love anymore, but they have no idea where to go from there. Just walk us through a few of the starting steps, if you would. What, how do you advise people to start looking for what they should be doing next? Because I can already hear your listeners coming up with a thousand objections as to why they can't do it. I want to break a couple of, of um, frames to start with. And the first is that um, I'm too old. You know, I think uh, the reason we don't change jobs or careers is out of fear. And one of the things we say is, I'm too old. Well, let's think about that. So if you started in the job market when you were 22, let's say you're 52 right now, you still have, given the longevity of our lives, and for a lot of us, the requirement, especially women, that we keep earning some sort of income you could still have 20 some years left to work. And so we get in this, in this frame. And I think it's, it's because, especially those of us who are older, we start thinking about retirement age being 60 or 62 or 65. We find out we're in our, we look at where we're in our fifties. What, what can we do? Um, but the truth is we have several reinventions or career reincarnations in us. Every one of us does. And if you're 52, you can change careers. You can change jobs. You absolutely can. Your runway is certainly shorter than someone who's 42 or 32, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And so we have to get over that. I'm too old. Who would want me, et cetera. The second is that, especially if you're of a certain generation, when we graduated from college, the, the work paradigm was find a job or a career pick it, stay in it until you get the gold watch and you're ready to sit on the porch in the rocking chair. And if you really think about it, that was never a good idea because we as humans evolve. So you're not the same person as you were 10 years ago and you're going to be different in 10 years. And because literally every aspect of your life will be a little bit different, why should our careers 
remain the same. And so I think if we can wrap our heads around the idea that our careers need to evolve as we evolve as humans, then we can easily slide into the belief that it's time for me to evolve my career and maybe do something wildly different or just a little bit different. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to make a 180. No, you don't. A lot of times, if you're, if you are, in a spot where you're miserable, you only have to tweak your tweak it a few things or pivot, make a little pivot to really increase your happiness to the point that it ripples out and impacts your whole life in a positive way. And so uh, the stuff between our ears, as in most areas of our lives, are really what holds us back when it comes to career reinvention. Oh, yeah. And it's always that negative self-talk that we do, the, we, the objections that we come up with because uh, let's just face it, our ego wants to keep us safe. We, it wants us to stay in the status quo. But, you know, I always say the status quo feels like death. It feels yeah. like, you know, it feels like you're dying because we're not meant to be rote people always doing the same thing for the rest of our lives. Now, that's, it, it's okay if you, if you have joy and you love what you do. That's the only, I mean, that's the instance where you love what you do. You feel rewarded for it you feel valued and you, you, and it feeds and nourishes your soul. Great. You know, keep doing it. You know, there's no reason for you to um, go through a change unless it is that you aren't loving uh, what you do or you want to do, like you said, I love that you said it doesn't have to be this complete 360. It could be 180, it could be 90 degree turn. It could be a, you know, shorter turn. So it's just a pivot towards something new and, so then what, what are the steps? Like when somebody doesn't know, but they do feel like they need a dramatic change from their career, what are the steps that you take them through um, to help them realize and figure that out? The first thing you have to do before you fix anything is figure out what's wrong. So when you go to the doctor, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions. What hurts? Right. And same if you're going to fix something around your house, you have to figure out what's broken. So the first thing you have to do is evaluate your career to date, maybe even just where you are today, what's working and what's not working, because that's where the magic is. Those are the clues. Once you're able to step back and say, okay, I'm miserable today. Why am I miserable? What is it about my job or career that makes me miserable? And I have something I call um, the career happiness formula, which is you know, true career happiness is doing what you like to do and hopefully love, like to do, good at, or great at, can get paid to do. In other words, there has to be demand for what you do, or it's just a hobby. Um, and then the fourth one is in a place in a way that you can be successful. So there's four components to being career happy. And what's interesting is a lot of times I'll ask this question, I'll say, think of the worst job you ever had. What was missing? And about two thirds of the time, it's number four. It's company culture, it's leadership. It's I'm not, I like what I do, but I'm not working in a way in a place I can be successful. So figuring out what's broken is this is the start. Is, and, then, and then you can trigger in on what to fix. Some other tricks that I use with clients is make a list of what you want more of. Take a look at where you are today. And if you've been laid off, think about your last job or the, the, your career you've been in. Take a look at what do you want more of what do you want less of? And what do you never want to do again? And then do that exercise back throughout all your jobs. And what you'll find is that when you take a look at what you liked and didn't like about each one, 
and you put and you and you bring all that together, you're creating a picture of who you are and what works for you. So the the, the back look in the rearview mirror, the self-assessment of your past and where you are today is the place you have to start. And then if you say, okay, what is it when you look at that career happiness formula, you know, looking at things like, you know, do I like what I do? Sometimes, sometimes we're really good at something, but we don't like it, which means we're burnt out. Sometimes we are, um, you know, we're, we aren't very good at it and if we like it, you're probably going to lose your job in that case. Um, and so you have to look at what are the factors. And so then you look at your past and look at now and then say, okay, what is it? What do I need right now in my life? It might be um, a financial number. It might need more, more of this or less of this. What's going on? So you have to bring in the factors of your life. Because if you don't, then you know, you're not solving your problem, you're solving somebody else's problem. So and here's an example. So if you've got triplets about ready to go to college, you know, your financial pull is very different than if your youngest is just graduating. And so you look at you know, what are the factors. And so your need for income might be different now than it used to be, one way or the other. So you look at things like that. What are my limitations on travel? What is it, you know, what, what's made me happiest? And so what you do is you create a description of your perfect 10. Uh, what is ideal? What would have me skip into the shower on Monday mornings? And what does it look like? And how am I going to know when I find it? And here's where we normally get a lot of pushback. Because people, once you start talking about ideal, people start going, oh, I can't have that. And when you say to people, Tell me about your ideal job or what do you want in your next career or job? Everybody defaults to what they don't want because we're afraid to say what we do want. But I'm telling you the power of stating and naming it and saying, you know, here's what I want. Here's what I want more of, less of. Here's what it would look like. Here's how I'd work. Here's what I do all day. Here's the people I'd work with. Here's the kind of culture I'd work in. If you can say it and then write it down, you have then created the outcome for your career transition project because that's what it is. It's a project. And then you step back and say, okay, if this is my end, if this is what I want, and you don't have to have it so pinpointed, but you have to be able to describe it so that if you see it, you're going to know. So taking the, the, the leap and saying, I deserve more than, more than this. I'm being undervalued, underappreciated. I have, you know, my life is moving on, but I'm not happy with where I am in my career. You need to first believe that you deserve it and that you can have it. And you do have to take some risks and you do have to, there's the fear of the unknown. There always is. But once you are able to articulate what that destination is for you right now, and it's going to be different than it was 20 years ago. And that's okay. Once you're able to articulate that, then you're able to step back and put a plan together. So how we work with people is our plan is, I mean, our, our process is think, plan, execute. And so think is about all the stuff we've talked about so far, which is that self-awareness, which is that, you know, here's, um, you know, here's who I am. Here's who I've been. Here's what I like about it. Here's what I don't like about it. And now what do I want in the future. Once you're able to start articulating that, then you step back. That's when you start working on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, your core messages, and you put together a project plan to get it. And so in some ways, the process is a little bit um, right brain, kumbaya, kind of exploratory, but it's also a project. But the project is you, and there's a, a way to go through it. And what you're going to find, what so many of our clients have found, I've been in this business, this world for 20 years doing this kind of work, career transition work, is that I've, I've yet to meet a person 
who was willing to put in the work, who couldn't get more of what they wanted. Now, maybe they didn't get it immediately, but at least they were on a path toward it. And, and I'm sure in all your work too, Christine, with what you do, you know, part of this work is just visualizing the ideal outcome. And it works when it comes to job and career also. Yes, it does. And right now we're going to take a little break for a commercial. So just hold on and we'll be back. Just to um, continue on with what Julie said is, yeah, you know, we find that no matter who is going through a big change and transition in their lives, whether they've been a career person or not, um, you, you have to um, take a deep dive into who you are now. And and that's, that's just answering some very, very deep questions for yourself, you know, really, really um, learning about what do you really value right now in your life. And I think that's what I love so much about your process is that you're, you're having somebody um, define and for themselves, and we can't create anything until we can fully define it for ourselves, what we really want and what is in even deeper than want is what is your deepest desire? You know, what is in your heart of hearts desire? What is your longing? What are you longing for? You know, these kinds of questions are, are profound and, and very deep questions that when we can answer them, then we can start to begin to manifest and attract in our world those things that are going to fulfill our deepest longings. So what I love so much about you, what you said has nothing to do with career, but I remember, um, you know, not knowing anything about the law of attraction back when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old or whatever. But I remember um, making a list of what my perfect man, you know, just as a kind of like a daydream kind of thing, like make a list of my perfect man. What does he look like? What's he like? What's all, what are all of his characteristics? And, you know, when I met Richard, I realized that he was that man. And I thought, but as I grew up and, you know, our lives we, we lived our lives. I thought about that. And I thought about how I would have never recognized him if I hadn't made that list. He would have just been another guy because I wouldn't have defined in my own self what it was that I really wanted to meet in another person, in a man to partner up with, to be my mate. And so I think about how that this translates into so, so many other areas. The other thing is for entrepreneurs as well, you know, like, we get to these places as entrepreneurs where we're stuck, like we're kind of stuck with how we've created things. And sometimes we just, we're like, this isn't working, but I don't know what's working. And I, and for myself, what I just got out of that is I need to sit down and write a vision, you know, write out and be really clear about where do I want to see my business going, you know? And, and I think all entrepreneurs can do that throughout all the different times of their, um, you know, your whole business. So what you said was so so valuable, not only for the person who is reinventing their career, but for the person who also wants to reinvent their any kind of work life. So Julie, what do you think um, has been one of the biggest problems that people have faced during this 2020 year as far as, you know, just the whole, it's just been just like being in a washing machine for so many people. And I'm sure your business is booming right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I jokingly say back in the good old days, and by that I mean January and February of this year, um, <laughs> we're having an entirely different conversation about work because the conversation was around shortage of talent. 
there were in certain sectors, professional sectors, there was such a shortage of people to do the jobs and companies were wringing their hands over how do we keep the good people we have, um, grow some talent internally and maybe, you know, take some people from competitors. And so then all of a sudden um, COVID hit and what we thought we knew, what was what was true in January and February just really was turned on its head. So for instance, um, in January and February, it would have been, I would have said healthcare, you know, it's, it's such a hot field. It's never going away, blah, blah, blah. Well then here comes March, April, May. And if you were providing elective services um, or anything that wasn't like taking care of COVID, a lot of those people got laid off unheard of at the beginning of the year the travel industry, things were so booming, you know, with people taking all these great vacations and, and we almost had like an arrogance, like everything's going great and it's going to keep going great. And then smack, you know, we run into the wall and unfortunately it's, it's kind of like back in 2008 when that big recession hit, um, people went into this mode of, I don't care if I hate my job. I just need to be so grateful. I have a job because so many people don't. And I get that, I get that that's, that's a way that you can feel, but what is dangerous is when you stay there. Yes, so, yeah. And so people, so, so what I, now I hear things, people say things like, well, I'm just, I'm not going to change jobs because nobody's hiring. And I always say, you know what? That is never true. There has never been one minute in the universe where that has been a true statement. Now, if you're in the travel and entertainment industry, yep. You know, chances are you're not going to get a job right now. But this is actually what I love about this time. And there's not much to love about it. But what I love about this time is if you take it and say, okay, I've been whining about my job and career for so long. This is a chance because everything else in the world is upended. Why not take this opportunity to see what I can do professionally that might be different? Online training and resources have never been better. Um, you know, people are really comfortable with things like Zoom networking. And so we've, in a lot of ways, we've, it's become easier to prepare yourself for what's next. But the piece that is still missing for most people is they don't know what they want. So we will hear, I don't know what I want to do, but I know it's not this. Like, well, you know, okay, that's a start, I guess. <laughs> but then, but then they stop there and they think that, you know, the career fairy is coming. And if they just put it under their pillow, the answer, the question will be answered. Well, it isn't. And it's darn hard work, but isn't everything of value really hard work? And you have to invest in yourself. The thought that your company is going to invest in you to help you grow your career is foolish. Some of them do. But your, your career is your responsibility, period, end of story. And the younger folks know this. And if, if nothing else, this 2020 has shown us, has kicked us in the seat of the pants with that message even harder. I agree with that. And I, I think, um, you know, what you're speaking to is, is just so apropos to um, an, an older crowd and also a younger crowd, those young people who are in, you know, starting out their careers and, you know, and just, um, you know, I, I mean, I know like um, one of my daughters, she just really didn't have any idea. One of my daughters is super directed and really knows what she wants. And then my other daughter, 
she, she, I think she's just one of those people that gets overwhelmed by her options. And she always feels like this sense of, um, oh my God, I could make the wrong move. You know, I could make the wrong move and I'm stuck. And I'm always like, you know, you're never stuck. Like you can always, you can, oh, you're never stuck. But this is something that, this is something that's ingrained in her own self-belief system, you know? So it's a very difficult one. So then what ends up happening is um, she'll just default. You know, she just, instead of deciding what she wants, she'll just go, you know, the next step is like finally, you know, after trying to do what she wanted for quite a while, I finally just said to her, well, just go see what you get, you know, because, you know, at least you'll start moving. You know what I mean? Like, let's, at least you'll, you'll be doing something, you know? So, so she got a job and, and it just turned out to be a, a really difficult kind of company, but it was, you know, good job. It gave her lots of job experience and, and she's now moving toward her second, you know, career move and, and knowing now getting closer to knowing that she wants to do something entrepreneurial. She just doesn't know what that is yet. You know? So I said, don't worry about that, you know, build up your skills, learn what you need to learn. And then you'll figure that out. That will just come to you one day, you know, when you're in the shower or, you know, you realize that you're looking for something online and you can't find it or, you know, or, you know, you realize there's a real need for something in the marketplace that just isn't there, you know? So, um, but anyways, I think it's just fascinating because it's the same position. And I also think it's uh, it's very interesting because people can be as incapacitated by having too many options as they can by not having enough. But that one common um, denominator is just figuring out what you want. And and just, you know, kind of ask yourself, what what in your perfect world would you be passionate about? Like, what, yeah. what are you passionate about? So... I just want to thank you um, for coming on today to the podcast and and having this conversation because so many people are really reinventing their careers right now. Julie, where can everyone find you to find out what your offerings are? So um, you can go to our website, which is thebaukegroup.com, T-H-E-B-A-U-K-E group.com. And um, we talk about our services there and any programs and things we have coming up will be located there. I also have a podcast called The Evolved Career, a YouTube channel and a monthly newsletter with tips and all kinds of goodies that you can sign up directly from my website as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. That's wonderful. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. So not to worry. If you want to find Julie Bach, um, please go to the show notes. And I just want to thank you, Julie, for this wonderful conversation today about reinventing your career. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Whatever you're doing, um, don't sweat the small stuff, live the big stuff. This is Christine Carlson. Thanks for listening. Take a mindful moment to slow down, reflect, and relax. Christine invites you to claim her signature Golden Pause Meditation. Visit christinecarlson.com forward slash golden pause to get access to this free guided meditation today.